0: Hello welcome to uh, Sheffield Hopcast, uh, our final episode of November and somehow our penultimate episode before Christmas, unless we sneak a little extra one in around Christmas. Christmas. We'll have to. We'll have to see how we uh, how we go. If you're watching the video, you'll see I already have my tree up in the background. Uh, did it this afternoon and uh, didn't break anything. Although as I look at it now, it looks like the uh, fairy lights were a little clumpy around the middle. So I'm gonna have to sort that one. Uh, sort that one out. Um, if you're listening, last time you'll know that um, the theme for the beers today is sub four percent. So that is the uh, target that we set ourselves. If we were doing this a couple of years ago, maybe not a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, I feel like it, it might have been a little bit more difficult. But there's there's so many uh, beers now that uh, are kind of you know in that sort of 3 4% range that we've got a lot to go up with this. So this is going to be interesting. Um, let's say good evening to Laura, first of all, and um, find out what beer she has. Hello, Laura.
1: Um, so I've brought one of my favourite beers that I could nearly have two of in the uh, restrictions you've given us for choosing today. It is this. It's Shandy Panache. From Run- it's a collaboration between Manchester's Runaway Brewery and Steep Soda, who um, I think based um, really close to them. Um, this one is the mango and pineapple version. Uh, they do a few different ones. We've got a lime and ginger one in the cellar as well. 2.2% um, and it's essentially a beer soda hybrid in one neat little handy can. It's um, a very
0: nice can as well.
1: Though. It's lovely, isn't it? Got, I don't, can you see the little faces? They're so cute. <laughs> oh, it's
0: a pineapple. I, I was thinking like, it's a bit random. They've got a block of cheese on there. Uh, it, <laughs> it makes more sense now.
1: One. <laughs> yeah so um it's always a favorite of mine and um yeah excited to have an opportunity i don't think we've had a runaway beer on either uh before that i can remember don't think uh, we have. No, but they do some uh, fantastic beers um so yeah looking forward to drinking this
0: good stuff um and uh, adam uh, who is not in a different room uh in his house uh he is merely in the same room as normal but a different Angle. I do accuse Adam of having about four thousand bedrooms in his house because I'm sure he's in a different no, one every time. But
2: I'm just playing with the with the lighting, I'm getting the light in front of me rather than behind me. Just so, yeah, uh, just Good. yeah, change it up a bit, you know. Um, yeah, I've I've gone for a style that um, I really like under four percent, which I've not actually that many of recently. But a um, Berliner vice, they're always pretty low strength, <clears throat> and um, so I went into popped into. Bar Stewards the other day to see if they had anything. And um, I found this, which is um, a new brewery to me, Pastor, And it's a um, raspberry and strawberry Water Beach vice. I looked at what Water Beach meant, and it's actually just where the brewery is. I think oh. it's somewhere in, um, <laughs> it's not even at the coast. I think it's in Cambridge. It's near Cambridge, I think. Um, um Yeah. So Pastor Brewing and Blending Limited. So I imagine that that's something. Um, Mm. I don't know if you've you've ever come across them, Laura or James?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I've had a few of their beers. They're fairly new. I think they've just had their first anniversary. Um, We've got a little bundle of um, anniversary releases from Archer Road Beer Stop. Um, But, yeah, they do some really, really interesting mixed firm stuff. I have not had Mm. a bad beer from Pastor. so...
0: Oh, that's a good colour, that. (laughs) That's exactly the same colour as your T-shirt. Like, <laughs> identical. It's not far off. <laughs> that's, oh, that's a good pour. I'm impressed wor- with that. I'd, wor- I'd, wor- I'd, wor-
2: I'd worry if it was exactly like my T-shirt, because that's not a, really a natural kind of colour. Red. <laughs> Honestly, um... the,
0: from, from the camera angle, it, it blends in <laughs> perfectly. Yeah, so cheers. That looks good. It's an interesting style, isn't it, Berliner Vice? Because it's... You're right. It, it, traditionally, obviously, it is kind of around about the three and a half percent mark is where you'd expect yeah. a Berliner Weiss to be. And it, it, it was kind of like, it was a style maybe three, four, five years ago that you never really see at all over here. And then it's kind of been a, a, adopted as a as a sort of style of sour now hasn't it and and you've got like stronger balloon advice coming along and I'd love to know what what makes a balloon vice a balloon device because I always thought that it was something to do with the strength that it had to be around that kind of you know that mark for it to um you know ultimately kind of be that strength and then I've had them in, in um in in Germany before in Berlin before where it's traditionally like you'd have some like flavored syrup served in it yeah. and stuff like that and and so I'm not really sure what makes a Berlin Weiss a Berlin Weiss anymore
2: no I'm not sure
1: I think it is supposed to be low in alcohol uh, but the Weiss is just wheat beer isn't it so yeah I don't it's I don't really know nice. what, but sour low ABV wheat heavy was what I would kind of say with a
0: Low, lowing strength, high in flavor. It's very nice. It does look good. It does look good. Uh, so I've gone for um, a brewery who have a, a really good reputation for making um, beers that, that are around this strength. It's, it's 2.8%. It's uh, Whiplash, Northern Lights, Micro IPA. This has been knocking around for a while, and they've done a few other kind of versions of Micro IPAs and I feel that like Cloudwater became quite well known for their kind of small beers um and there's a couple of other breweries that i feel like do a really really good job i've always been dead impressed with whiplash by the fact that they they put as much effort into it as they would do with any other beer so you get loads and loads of flavor um but you know that 2.8 percent is pretty good so um i've got um vienna malt wheat malt caramel malt oat malt plenty of malt uh mosaic and Vic secret in uh in this so we'll give it a go i feel like i think i've had it before but i'm not entirely I've... sure
2: I know exactly when I had it. I think it was my beer of the month once, and I, I remember picking it up from the is it drafts draftsman that's on Doncaster Station. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. have yeah, to, yeah I picked it up from there on a journey down to um, down to Ipswich, and uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. And uh, I think that kind of started my even my first beer by them actually, and it started a bit of a, a bit of a, a love for their beers. And um, I've had that one or, once or twice since actually. It was really, really good. I did actually pick up another beer from um from Bar Stewards and it's the it's the 0.5% version of Northern Monk's Striding Edge. It's called something oh, out, yeah, something yeah. edge. Um I yeah, I've I was interested. I was interested to see what that was, so I, I grabbed that um recommendation from Nath who were working. Um yeah, so have you tried might, it yet. And if not now, um I didn't want to cheat and have that tonight. I thought i Maybe we'd have a a very low alcohol episode at some point, and uh, maybe one after Christmas.
0: (laughs) Very. It's kind of. I don't know if you can quite see there, but it's very um, straw-like in terms of color, but loads of aroma coming from it. It it, it smells like beer. In fact, it's like your beer (laughs) blends into your T-shirt. I think mine blends into my wall. It does a bit, yeah. (laughs) But it's pretty much. It is a little bit darker than the than the wall. But I do love. I mean, we've. I think we've. Have we done a low alcohol episode before, or we've we've certainly featured them before, haven't we? And and I think all of us have talked about the fact that we really love the fact that that beer has changed to an extent whereby it's worth breweries spending time and money on making lower alcohol beers because I sometimes worry that any any of us when we kind of get into beer and, and you fall down this rabbit hole, don't you, of becoming really obsessed with like big impy stouts and big dippers and stuff like that, because they are the ones that, you know, really do you know, pack a punch and loads of flavor and all that stuff. Um but there is a real um I'm gonna say a real need, if that's the right phrase, but there's certainly a demand, isn't there, for for lower strength beers, because not everyone, you know, not not everyone drinks in the same way and and rightly so and i think um i think it's great that we've got the range of stuff that you know we none of us have had an issue getting hold of something that that fits the criteria have we yeah
2: i think in that craft beer kind of sense as well with a lot of the stuff over five six percent you know it's a lot of money to buy some of that stuff now and a lot of it does seem to be priced on percentage and being able to pick up something that's got that still got that flavor profile low strength that maybe might be you know three pound a can rather than six pound a can for something that's maybe double its strength. But, you know, and like I said, if you're having maybe a few as well, you can kind of, you can kind of, it makes a bit more sense, doesn't it, on your pocket and maybe on your head the next day. Um, but I think the lockdown kind of thing made me appreciate when, when we reopened again, like more traditional cask beers that are probably around 4% and maybe 3.8. And I don't know what it was, it kind of just, it felt like I'd reset a little bit and just been able to have like a, a proper pint, an old school pint and not having to rely on cans of it and you, we you can get pretty much anything in can and stuff, but just having that experience of something just nice and easy going and simpler and um, back to basics. And yeah, I know landlords are like a little bit over 4%, but you know, I really got into, I really, I found a pub that was selling that quite you know, a lot and I'm really enjoying it and something I'm not really kind of go to, because I'm always going for something like, you know, 4, 6% IPA or something. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of nice to drop that down a bit sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, agree with that, agree with that. I think I, I always um, <clears throat> think back to right at the start of when I was first getting into beer um, and still figuring out what I liked. Um, and I, I remember, and I don't think it exists anymore, I've not seen it for a long time, Wild Swan um, mm. from Thornbridge, which is three and a half, percent um i mean i i don't i don't i honestly don't know how much i'd enjoy it now to be honest because it's obviously it's a very very light beer but um i loved it i could you know just drink loads of it and because obviously three and a half percent you actually can you know that is truly kind of like a sessionable um strength isn't it so i remember that being a real transitional beer for me when i was first figuring out what i liked and what um what i didn't like and and always remember it very very Fondly, and I don't. I mean, I don't know no. if they still still that. I've not seen it anywhere. For um,
2: ages. They did. They, they dabbled with like a tropical version recently. I was that recently? Yeah. it's Probably a year ago. But I agree. I remember I used to live. I used to live up in Rammore, and I used to drink at the Rammore Inn quite a lot. And they used to have four or five cask beers on. But they were kind of your Bradfield and then like Abbeydale moonshine. So they were all kind of in that three point six to. or something. I remember having on Wild Swan, not really being that familiar with Ormage at times, we were talking 10 years ago probably, and just thinking how great that tasted. And I would never traditionally drop down to a 3.5, but I remember having an evening just drinking that all night and just thinking this tastes so good. (laughs) it, It tasted quite modern compared to what, you know, what were beside it, kind of your Bradfield bitter and um, farmers Blonde, so yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I'm not, I've not drunk it for a long time, and probably you're right. Probably doesn't taste the same as what, what you remember it. Whether it is even the same beer, but um, yeah, if I do see it on, I would, I would definitely go and grab a pint now.
0: Yeah, I think I, I probably would. Um, Laura, I, I, saw a photo of you earlier with, with what looks suspiciously like a pint of cocktail. Um, so, um, what, what have you been enjoying of late?
1: Yeah, so um, yesterday it was it was a, a pint of cocktail and a coffee cup of cocktail. Um, and that was um, not in conformance with the sub 4% rule of tonight. But um, Jabbarwaki, which um, I'm sure I must have mentioned before, one of my favourite bars in Sheffield, uh, was running a pre-order takeaway service uh, over this weekend. Um, so I'd pre-ordered, um, it was actually a... Um, a ver- they do quite a selection of white Russians and i uh, had said, does anybody have any suggestions? And I'd suggested a Black Forest Gato one and they made it. So uh, I went to go try that and it was delicious. Um, but I was just kind of left in the conundrum that I picked them up and obviously- and because one was in a coffee cup, I accidentally drank it on the way home at four o'clock. <laughs> and I was just like, what do I do now? Because I've kind of set the tone for my afternoon slash evening at 4 p.m by drinking a cup full of cream um but luckily I had a cappuccino stout um that uh, is a new one from Abidale so I'd brought one home to try so uh, that kind of bridged the gap to put me back to beer for a little bit before I had my um mm. Black Forest Gato white right, Russian in the evening so uh, yeah that was my my weekend treat while we can't go out.
2: It's a bit of a Marmite drink into a black well, drink, food, Black Forest Gatto. I think people yeah. either love it or just really, really detest I think it.
1: Probably, as our white Russians, <laughs> they're not the most straightforward of cocktails. Um, so. Having
0: flashbacks to beer cocktail night and <laughs> not being overly enthusiastic about the white Russian offering. Um, <laughs> Sorry again about that. Um
1: Funnily enough. The beer that I put in the white russian when we did that, the Brew York Imperial Coco, I drank a can of that the other day as well. On its own I didn't put milk in it. <laughs>
0: I've I've got a um I've got a barrel aged cherry cherry cook cherry con- ton- con- co- I can't say it now. Co- cherry Tongue Cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> cherry Coco, that's it. Oh, um yeah. I've got I've got a barrel aged version of that which I'm saving for Christmas. Um, and I've got an oat, co- oat oat Tom Coco, which is an, an oat version of it. I can say this fine, but stick me in front of a microphone. can't say it. One of those, one of those phrases. So I've got a variety of different, um, Tom variations for, uh, for Christmas this year, which is good. Cause I'm a massive fan. I'm very appreciative to Laura who introduced me to, um, the Tonkoeko Ridge and the whole idea of a tonka bean, because I think any drink in the world is made infinitely better by sticking some tonka bean in it, because it's um it's beautiful, very nice, very nice. With an ingredient
2: I'm- that's actually illegal in certain countries. Yes. There's probably a reason. I'm probably an addict. I'm probably actually addicted to it. I think it's more that It's like a some sort of toxin in it. I think. Uh,
1: I've also had it. It's
2: like crack. I have it is.
1: I've had a, for Christmas last year. I got a bottle of tonka bean and clementine gin, and that was also great. Oh. So I feel like tonka bean makes any beer better, as you just said. I'm not sure. I wholly agree, but largely agree. But I think can apply it for the drinks. Definitely,
0: definitely, definitely does. Um, I had a Black Forest style tonka bean beer. Like a, it was a stout. It was it was like an imperial stout. Um, I I think it was Vibrant Forest. I think. Uh, It'd been months and months and months ago. but So it's interesting you talk about um, Black Forest Gatto being a bit of a love it or hate it thing. I actually, I kind of like stuff that's Black Forest. And I might have told this story before, and I apologise if I have. But when I was about, I don't know, six, seven years old or something, I hated entire Black Forest Gatto to myself and was, was ill for a week. And then since then, I, I find a bit like most people struggle to drink like, you know, kind of white lightning cider because it reminds them of being sick when they were a kid. For me, Black Forest gatto has that same effect. It, just like the taste of it just makes me feel a little bit nauseous. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It just It's just flashbacks. But I discovered that Black Forest style beers I'm fine with. So that's obviously a bonus. It was a good beer as well. Black Forest and Tonka Bean, they definitely work. make sure you tell Jim about that Laura that's one for the list Black Forest and Tonka Bean they work
1: okay one to, ex-
0: to experiment with um you, you may have noticed that we've got no sean with us um this evening now if you if you follow sean or anything to be central on socials you'll know that um he's um had a bit of a situation over the last couple of weeks he um and deb's have been self-isolated at home because of um some some family stuff but he is fine he's just really busy with a few bits and bobs so um he's not able to make it tonight but no no need to panic or anything he is absolutely um absolutely fine and he should be um you know Know, back out into the world in the next week or so which would be um which would be good although i've quite enjoyed seeing he, he's kind of it's almost like um sean staffing now is like a greatest hits of the <laughs> beer world in sheffield the people that he's uh he's had working at the shop which has been brilliant.
2: but they did break his fridge i think
0: i think yes I did. that did happen i think that was adam wasn't it that, that broke the uh fridge i'm sure he would deny it
1: <laughs> oh dear
2: Laura, I was thinking back to um, an episode when we talked about your little side project. And I've got a feeling that because we had loads of um, technical issues that it got cut from the um, final uh, final edit. Um, so I, This probably links into sort of low, lower strength beers yeah. and stuff. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you're up to when you're not with us, your little moonlighting project?
1: Yeah, I suppose it ties in quite nicely with this beer. Yeah, back. it does. Um, so yeah, I've mentioned probably quite a few times uh, on this and in life that I really like Shandy um, and um, my friend Michael, who uh, is part of Out and About Sheffield and who uh, ran the, uh, was the beer selector for the Devonshire Cat as well, um, also is a big fan of a Shandy and we kind of got talking about this um, fairly recently, a couple of months ago. and we seem to have kind of stumbled upon um a shandy loving underground scene within the beer world um and yeah lots of people who pretend to be you know really into beer and up and coming trends and all of that kind of thing that were like I'm so glad you said you like a shandy because I love a shandy too so um (laughs) we thought we're going to break the shandy taboo and uh we've set up a a Twitter account and YouTube channel uh, called Does It a Shandy, where we take beers. So mainly so far we've done, you know, kind of bitters and lagers and fairly straightforward things, Um, but uh, the sky's the limit. So um, the premise being we try the beer, we put some pop in it, and we declare whether the addition of lemonade or other um, beverage – Improves or at least doesn't completely ruin the beer, and if so, declare it shandyable. So uh, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. A uh, really nice kind of light-hearted way of of looking at things, and uh, just essentially the two of us having a bit of a laugh and drinking lots of shandy. So it's been really fun so far. Um, like I said, it's it's uh, brought out this shandy side in quite a lot of people, which is really nice to see. <laughs>
0: What what's been the uh, the like the ratio so far then of of of, of like shan- shandiable to non shandiable?
1: We've only had two, I think, that have not shandied, right? Against about, and we've only had one where we've completely ruined it. Um, but um, definitely the majority, I think, we've had about six maybe that we declared did shandy. Um,
0: that's pretty good. So, and, and do yeah. you so do you do you pick beers on the basis that you think they probably will be all right, or are you at some point are you going to like just you know rock out with an impy stout and stick some lemonade in it and see what happens?
1: Yeah, well, we started off doing things that we thought you know like oh yeah that'll be a good shandy, but I think uh, it seems that um, people are quite inclined for us to go down the route of putting lemonade in stupid stuff. So um, I think that is definitely on the agenda. Um, Jim's actually saving us one of his 750s of mills to Shandy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Lambic Shandy, it could be the way forward. How yeah. Shandy's could be. Yeah, we don't have to put lemonade in it. Like we've got, um, Jim's got a coffee bitter through there that he wants, that he's kind of said, oh, I only have one of these and I don't want to give it you. But if I had more, don't you think this would be nice with vanilla Coke? So, you know, it's, uh, it's a good Platforms play around with things, so uh, yeah. It looked at like the it.
2: definition for shandy then, like because you said they're maybe not a lemonade. Is it just basically anything that's fizzy and non-alcoholic, <laughs> soft drink?
1: Non-alcoholic. We've done uh, we've done uh-huh. a Crabby's shandy. Uh-huh. I mean, we might be pushing the definition of shandy, but you know, there's no other shandy authority to tell us off. So no, uh... I just wondered if there were like a definition
0: <laughs> for it or not. You are <laughs> becoming like the shandy influencers. You're you're making the rules here. I love it.
1: Well, yeah, there were no rules, so let's we might as well make them as uh, all inclusive and encompassing as we can. So, uh, yeah, But, yeah. We say we've done. I think we've only done four episodes so far, so it's still uh, it's still fairly new. And um, we've got a couple more. Obviously, we can't record at the moment um, with household mingling not being possible. Um, but we've got quite a few kind of done. Because the, the other beauty of it is we can do like six in a night and it's fine because we're drinking mainly lemonade so um, but do you
0: do you get changed in between um episodes so that when people watch them they don't realize that's what you've done
1: you know what we did not do that and i kind of regret it now <laughs> because we of-
0: do that i have like six different t-shirts lined up so you, you know yeah. what
1: outfit changes yeah yeah next time we're able to record we'll do that but uh yes yeah, so it's, it's kind of um on hold at the moment but we've got quite a few still to Still to put out there, uh, but then we'll have to wait for restrictions to ease a little bit or go for you know a, a walk with a flask of shandy, uh, which is the other option for us. So, what you have to you take a cameraman,
2: you have to take a cameraman like this, sort of yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: walking backwards, like <laughs> okay, a steady camera. There's something there in in like now taking it to the next level, which is making and drinking shandy while out exercising like this could be a new craze i love this idea because shandy obviously it's not not got that much alcohol in it it's not bad for you i think that's uh you're onto something there i think that could be that could be a winner
2: i'm not sure i could do another 10k with laura doing um with with lemonade
0: in my belly (laughs) (laughs) that'd be hilarious watching people do a 10k trying to mix and drink shandy and just going everywhere I (laughs) i love that idea love it um all right. I mean, obviously, we've got to chat a little bit about kind of what's been going on, and um, another episode, another set of restrictions. So, national lockdown ends next week, and then, as expected, we're going back into tier three, and it's kind of like a beefed-up version of tier three, which, from a from a kind of a pub and hospitality point of view, sort of means it's pretty much as they are now. Really, everywhere is going to pretty much have to stay closed. And um, I, I mean, you know, we 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 all follow quite a few people um ourselves don't we that that obviously work in the trade and seen a lot of people this week reflecting on just how hard this is going to be now as we head towards um Christmas and you know we've I think we've all individually had a, a good old rant over the last um couple of months as well but um desperately hard times isn't it there's, there's no real way of kind of glossing this in any way whatsoever I think we we know that you know when, once uh, uh, once we do get to a point where places can start to reopen undoubtedly there's going to be places that just don't because it's just it's yeah. it's so hard right now
1: I think the thing that struck me this time around as well is you know we've we've had the discussion before about you know obviously schools staying open is uh, really important and wouldn't don't feel that pubs should be prioritized above any anything at all it's not at all what i'm suggesting but this time around in particular some of the guidance that's there seems to be intended you know not it it doesn't seem to have any connection whatsoever to infection rates or virus spreading or anything it seems to be literally just attacking pubs and particularly wet led pubs um, you know, like um, last time uh, that the, when the tier system was first introduced and the rule was in tier three and it's now tier two about only pubs that serve a substantial meal can open. Um, I don't know if you saw, but there's Grub Manchester, which is like a kind of street food um, weekly event in Manchester, um, offered uh, kind of to pair up wet lead pubs and traders. And it was quite successful and there were quite a few other places that were able to stay open and support a local food trader as well because of, uh, you know, of of people kind of using their initiative. Um, And this time around, there's actually specific guidance that says that um, the transaction for the food and the alcohol all has to go through the same till as part of the same transaction. And it's explicitly laid out that people can't take their own food in and can't get food from a takeaway to take in. So, you know, if this was about stopping people getting pissed and being stupid and not social distancing, I have my own issue with that as it stands, but that's not what this is about at all. You know, if you can't take in other food, if you have to buy the food at the same place, that is literally just penalising pubs that only serve drinks. There's, there's no, no other explanation for it whatsoever other than a direct attack on those places and it's absolutely outrageous
0: and it's weird isn't it as well because we still don't there's never been any evidence no one's ever come up with any yeah. proof about how oh, well, this needs to be done because you know it's it was so bad in pubs or it was so bad in restaurants and it was like you know i'm sure that eat out to help out probably did have an effect but that was a very specific thing and we've probably all got opinions on 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 that but you know generally i you know there was no one saying oh it's terrible in pubs and it's like like rampant through it just that wasn't really happening and uh, I've not seen the government come up with anything. Just there's, there's quote this one study in America that was quite a small study. That evidence just isn't there. And you know, we we said a few weeks ago, didn't we, about how it feels disproportionate, um, and and it feels like it's it's getting worse. It's getting you know even more disproportionate, um, and and destroying places and destroying livelihoods and destroying people's lives, um, and and with very little justification. And it's it's pretty horrendous
1: thoughtful
0: yeah. yeah it doesn't been... seem like i was thinking
2: i've been monitoring kind of the tier three well what were tier three people and it just seem like their infection rates of spreads there are numbers uh probably the lowest in the country so us in the north west northeast i think you know a lot of places that were like well liverpool's good example it's been moved down already so it does it does seem like it is annoyingly it is working to some degree um even it's quite slow but you're thinking oh well in two weeks time you could get moved down but to be honest even if you were in tier two for two two weeks before christmas and it's just like I said it's that you got to sit down with a meal it's just not it's not going to make a dent in, in anything really is it it's not it's not what people no. want to be doing particularly but that well love running christmas so it's it's going to be it's going to be well into the year before any of this is really really sorted and i don't know what your thoughts are about this you know, household stuff It that seems to be a daft thing in itself you know over Christmas that Christmas week it's like you just you know if if all this stuff mattered about social distancing it's like oh you can do do what you want for those five days it's like you just you know you may as well just be badass all the way through till new year or just cancel Christmas we'll do Christmas in January you know the weirder things have happened in this year if someone said right guys um, Christmas is going to be on 25th of January and um, I think most people go. Cool. Yeah, we'll just just move it on a month and we'll stop doing a better situation. But yeah, I just think I think there's, there's a lot of unpicking to be done, and I can't see it, I can't see it really changing much quickly. Really,
0: I, I suspect that. Christianity might have a yeah, 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 slight no, issue know. with yeah. um, just shifting Christmas for a couple of reasons, but I have thought about that. <laughs> You're I'm thinking, coming. could you just delay it just flight three months, just say, well, we're actually going to celebrate Christmas in March, regardless of where you stand in terms of the religious side of it. If you want to yeah. celebrate it, there's a better chance of being able to do that three months down the line than there is now. So it's one for one year, then do it. I get, I, I what I do get is the fact that, you know, that it's a balancing act. And what you don't want is big groups going on big, pub crawls like you would normally get at Christmas. That's obviously an issue. Um, and I know it must be quite difficult to try and find a happy medium whereby you can have places plying their trade and and avoid those situations whereby you could have, you know, a, a virus spreading its way through people really rapidly if, if if there's big groups and stuff. But as Laura says, you know, it just, it, it now feels like it's moved on to something else. Like it's no longer about just stopping stuff like that happening like you know we we talked about the the time when when national lockdown was announced and it, it kind of felt like they were trying to stop places to do um takeaway beers as well like that that you know, it just all of it it just feels just wrong it just it's, it's hard to kind of put it into Words really, because uh, you know, I, I see some of the statuses from people that that you know we'd all class as friends, and I'm sure there's people listening that that would as well. But wherever you are in the country and wherever you are in the world, you know, there you, you will have people that have served you in pubs and 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 all kinds of you know other places before. That now you know they're they're staring down the barrel of a gun, and it, uh, it's so uh, it's so sad to see. And you know, we we need some sort of i don't know some sort of evidence some sort of support program something that starts to to turn things back the other way because it's just one thing after another after another uh and and it's not fair on the uh the pub trade it's not oh it's not just about the pub trade it's not fair on the hospitality trade and and it can't get through it can't survive if, if it's just going to be like this where it's it's just you know hit after hit after hit can't do it yeah
1: yeah i think well it feels more kind of bleak this time as well because obviously with it being i think everybody knew that it wasn't going to be the bumper december that it usually is and places have been preparing for that and trying to think of contingency plans and all of that kind of thing and then to have even that taken away and you know it's it's now it does seem that this is going to be at least a couple of months more you're going to be coming up to a year where there's been no normal trade for pubs at all um, and I think I have seen a lot more of the ones that were kind of, you know, we'll get through this, please support us, all of that. The kind of the language that people are using has gone from being quite upbeat and optimistic. And now, you know, I saw one place in Sheffield the other day that just said we're screwed. And that was their entire Facebook update. And it's it's just so sad to see that, you know, the kind of the, the people behind it are really having to come out now and just be so open about it and you know it isn't okay Um, and i completely agree the absolute the support that's been available to pubs has been inadequate anyway the whole way through but there needs to be some kind of justification and some clear evidence um set out before everyone i think um just as a quick aside the SIBA, which is the society of independent brewers association um, I just give a massive shout out for for the work that they've been doing alongside other organisations like Camera and people like that have been doing some really really uh, you know intense lobbying of the government and trying really hard to make sure that it stays on the agenda. Um, and SIBA uh, have extended that to non-members as well. You know they're very clearly fighting okay. for all breweries and uh, venues and just trying really hard to um, make sure that they're not forgotten about. So they've been doing some absolutely amazing work. Um, and I think generally the industry has as far as it can, you know, pulled together. Um, and I think that's the kind of scary thing for me. I don't want to see it become more of a dog eat dog thing, you know, and it it absolutely hasn't from what I can see at the moment, places have been really, really mutually supportive. Um, and, you know, trying their best to say, it's not just about us. It's about the wider kind of picture. Um, And I really hope that can continue, but it's kind of getting harder and harder, isn't it? When places know that they're just desperate to survive.
0: The question for me is, where's the help? Where's, where's the, and I don't just mean like, uh, you know, where are the handouts and and there's a whole issue there, but, but kind of, you know, like you said that, that example at, at the beginning, but why are they not trying to find ways and routes where these places can still make a living? they're trying to stop it rather than trying to find solutions. And that, I mean, I, I really feel for people in those situations whereby there gets to a point where you just feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall. And I'm not surprised there's people that just feel like giving in because how uh, there has been months now of having to fight this. And when you feel like the very people that should be trying to help you and try and up with solutions are actually just trying to find problems, that's, that's so demoralizing and, um, yeah, just desperately desperately sad and you know i hope we know there's a review in a couple of weeks i'd love if we're sat here in a couple of weeks talking about some 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 more you know options whereby hospitality places can start to um turn over a little bit more money in in those last few days before christmas but it's going to be um i mean this christmas is dead isn't it really for for any sort of hospitality and um just got to hope that in the early months of next year that we're in a position whereby we are able to still support some places and, and, and and we can see some sort of movement um on it so yeah sad 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 times um how um how are our beers going down very well Really, yeah, really
1: nice. There we go.
0: Very, very jealous of the colour of yours.
2: Very <laughs> jealous. Well, I have a word with bar stewards. I think they, they definitely add some more of those in. Um I've pop,
0: not popped down this lockdown, so I'll have to um, I'll have to yeah. do that. Um, yeah. so yeah, very, for, um for the whiplash as well. Um I think that it just it just tastes like a beer. it tastes exactly as you would expect a beer to taste. Um and it's just it that little bit thinner. Which is kind of inevitable, isn't it? But um, you you barely notice. Ever so well made, brilliant beer.
1: Yeah, this is great as well. I think because it's um, it the beer element of it is a hoppy pale ale. It's described as. It doesn't give any more information than that, but you can still really distinctly taste the beer side of it. You know, you do get some hop character, um, but then you also get the kind of fruitiness and really refreshing. Uh, side of things from the soda as well, so um, yeah, I really like is it.
2: What percent is it? is it? Two, two percent, two, two point
1: two, two
2: point two. 2. Yeah, yeah, this one's oh, just just to kind of go on a bit more detail. very very thick. Quite, you can see kind of what in the bottom of my glass. There's quite a lot of do know, just good. flavor, gloopy, like a yeah.
0: good gloopy. So, so good yeah, when I
2: was drinking it, I was thinking this this tastes more. Sort of five percent or above, really, actually. But thinking it's only 3.8 3 point, 3 point, uh, it must be packed with a lot of. I must be. I don't know what to put into it. I imagine it's some fruit, but um, <laughs> yeah, really, it's it's like got a really tart sour and it's that really nice puckerin' kind of, but also really refreshing. I had to hold, I was holding back on that. I could feel myself drinking it really fast. Um, yeah, it's a really, really drinkable, which is probably the most important thing about any liquid that you're supposed to drink so it's drinkable <laughs> but yeah there it's good
0: cutting edge analysis from adam nicholson there
2: yeah yeah really good i'm, I'm definitely i'm gonna i'm gonna pick up another one of these because it won't i don't think it were too expensive either so uh, yeah
0: good stuff Go we all get full marks for our uh, beer choices there i think mm. three really good options particularly you know over christmas if you're looking for something that's not as heavy uh if you've um you know, whatever you're up to at Christmas, if you've got family and stuff like that, and you think, oh, I still want to have a drink. Loads of great options out there. And, you know, please do contact your local places and see what they've got and what they can sort you out and stuff as we uh, as we get towards Christmas. So we're back in a couple of weeks. Um it is a it is a Christmas special, not necessarily the Christmas special because we we've still not had that discussion about whether we're gonna normally we'd be off on our pod crawl 2020 so um, it may be that we can figure out some kind of virtual version of that we'll we'll get our respective cogs turning in the uh, in the next couple of weeks but yeah you know, we, we are back two weeks today with I'm not exactly sure how this is going to work now um Sean and Laura, you talked about it a bit last time um so we are we are basically judging the Penniston home brews beer, competition um which involves all of us drinking a lot of beer in a very short time and i believe some of it is quite strong as well so i've literally as i look at my calendar here i have penciled off uh what what did i put down um eight eight in the morning till one in the afternoon on monday i have penciled off as my recovery time from uh from from this so it's going to be um intriguing so that's um in two weeks time i think all that's left for us to do now is uh is the obligatory beer selfie um i've got a new mic stand now in the way so i've got to kind of go either side of it but yeah it works all right uh big smiles
1: one oh, gone there we go sorry i was uh trying to work out which way around it was i was getting <laughs>
0: often it's it's much more
2: difficult than you think trying to get a a snippet of that that thing because unless you really really hold like a false smile (laughs) there's always someone who like lets go of the smile just before somebody else or someone's not quite got into it so you're like right who looks least
0: stupid
2: literally stupid someone
0: blinks or somehow manages (laughs) to pull like a proper ugly face for a second (laughs) yeah i think we'll get a good one out of that one no, that was good. Yeah, yeah,
1: There's Cool. Um of us two, uh, to all look nice at the same
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I our our audience haven't seen the um drawings that Adam's done of us uh, yet. That's uh, that, that joy still to come. Uh right. Um lovely to catch up with you. And um, yeah, we'll be back for a Christmas special in a couple of weeks' time. We'll see you then. Bye
2: bye. Yeah.